Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Welcome to Steve's Video Store. We got a lot, a lot to cover, so we're cutting the intro short. uh, With me, as usual, for the second part of the decade, 2011, is the one, the only, the man with the plan who can make anything with a frying pan, Carl Kafer. Say hello, Carl. Greetings, salutations, and and don't forget a, a soup pot, too. I made soup tonight. Oh, hell. Hell no, no. German with a soup pot? Shit. German with a soup pot and cabbage or Carl with just some cheese and a soup pot? Damn. He'd be oh, fucking you, up. You, you were right about the cabbage. I made ski. Yeah. Cabbage soup. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, 2011 is the second year, and for me, pretty much, the decade's going to be already over because my favorite... Move, the one that's time for our number one favorite year is in 2011. So prepare for coffee, Stephen. Move on, move it, move it. Whenever <laughs> we get to this movie, Stephen, we already know what that movie is. <laughs> yeah. And the box office here was the number one film, top ten films. We're going from ten to one. Number ten, Cars two. And. Yeah. Number nine, The Smurfs. God, that movie. Yeah. Ugh. Number eight, The Hangover Part Two. Yeah. Number seven, Fast Five. I liked it. Carl didn't. We'll get to it in a little more detail when it pops up again. Kung it's okay. Panda Two. Not bad. Surprisingly yeah. fucking good. Can Kung Fu yeah. Panda One and Two are two goddamn good. Kung Fu movies. Yeah, they are. I I, I happen to agree with that. Uh, the first one is the Shaw Brothers film, and this is the Ronnie Yu film. So if you like the Jet Li Once Upon a Time in China films, Kung Fu Panda 2 is it. Number five, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. God. <laughs> I don't know why I went to see that in theaters, but... It's boring. You did. I fell asleep during the movie. Is that the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? No. That's the first one that has the guy from uh, Shaun of the Dead, Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. Okay. Number four, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1. Number three, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Number two, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. I seen it with my dad. I think it's the last movie we've seen together. That's all I got to say about, to quote Mr. Gump, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, yep. And number one, which is kind of sad and bittersweet, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Man, just after all this time, man, just. 
damn. Yep. Agreed. And here we go. We're going to start with a movie that here is it on paper. You what would you expect you say? We got an action film set in the Middle Ages with swords, witches, and magic with Christopher Lee, Ron Perlman, Nicolas Cage. Oh. Well, fuck, I'm there. Yeah. It's just too bad season of the witch is not as any better. Well, isn't that Yui Bowl? No, season of the witch is uh, uh, Dominic Senna's directorial debut. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. It's it Senna. feels like a Yui Bowl film. You're right on that. It does. <laughs> it's it's one of those. It's not bad. It's not good. Now, if we're going to go into bad, we're going to go into the second film we're talking about, and that is The Green Hornet. Oh, good God. Why do we even have to talk about this piece of shit? Seriously? Because Jay Chow is great in it, and they got the joke right. I love the I love the twist they did on it, that Kato's the hero, and the Green Hornet's just a goofy white boy with the money that follows him around. Right. But it should have been done better. And we got no strings attached, which kind of sucked. This is part of the two, hey, we're beautiful, let's fuck. But we're just doing it to fuck. Yeah, we won't fall in love. Dun-dun-dun. Movies. The second one is actually goddamn good, but we'll get into that. And next is, I'm going to let Carl take this one because he loves this one. And this is one of those, why didn't they release this wider? Sony Pictures Classic is dumbass. Okay. Their first dumbass decision. Not their biggest, but their first, and that is The Guard. Well, I think they didn't know how to sell it. And, and, uh. It's the McDonough brothers. This is the second McDonough brother who uh, uh, did this movie, and then he followed it up with probably my second or third favorite film of of, of, of the decade, and that would be uh, Calvary. But this one is a wonderful, wonderful uh, comedy about Don Cheadle comes over to Ireland, uh, and he's an FBI agent, and he's after these... Uh, uh, um, uh, these drug runners and uh, Brendan Gleeson is a cop that's basically on the take and he doesn't really give a shit and they're partnered together and it's just awesome and Brendan Gleeson can do no wrong and you know what neither can Don Cheadle Cheadle's very yeah, underrated but, I think yeah but in this part of the decade god damn yeah Brendan seriously Gleason. Uh, let's see. The Guard, Imbruges, Calvary. Oh, fucking amazing. And he's yeah. still kicking ass. He's still kicking ass. Yeah. And next is the worst film of this fucking year. I fucking hate this film. There's a list of mine of the three films that I personally hate. And there's only three films on this fucking list. One is Murder Shit Pieces. 
and the second is Captain America, the Winter Soldier, because it's so goddamn boring. And this piece of shit, which shows, and the directors of it, the, the one who directed this, I like their other stuff that isn't that. If you're looking for a great fucking Christmas Comedy short, Sea Tree Vinge. Have you ever seen that one, Carl? Well, I love that movie, yeah. But Hobo with a Shotgun is the drizzling shit. The trailer yeah, I, I'm not fond of this either. But this, the movie, they wanted, they're like, we're making a grind-out flashback. No, you're making a shitty trauma movie. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, really. You know, the only scene in that whole movie that has any weight at all is when Ricker Hauer is at the nursery with all the babies and telling them how fucked up the world is. That's yeah. the best part of the whole movie, easily. Yeah, if the whole movie would have been on that quality, it would have been good, but it's shit. Okay, next Agreed. is Silent House, which has... It's not that good a movie... But it has a whole 20-minute sequence in it with no sound at all once the horror kicks in. And it's fucking good. It's just too bad everything before and after it is fucking boring. It's the way it is sometimes, kid. Win-win. Yep. Your boy, Tom Giamatti, what do you think of that one? Which one? Win, win. I don't know the film. It's it's one of the ones I missed. I've never seen it. Never seen it. Nomeo and Juliet. Oh, God. Oh, good God. Okay, next. (laughs) Oh, speaking of underrated films, have you ever seen Take Shelter? Are you kidding? I fucking love that movie. God, that's one, if you haven't seen it yet, it's fucking good. And it's not what you expect. Even the ending is not what you expect. It's about Michael Shannon, who plays this guy, who out the whole film, you don't know, he, he keeps seeing these forewarnings of doom. You don't know if he's real or he's crazy or not. But unlike most people, when the shoe drops at the end of the movie, they don't even let it drop. You don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. It's a really good film. And Michael Shannon just not only knocks it out of the park, he, he becomes one of the, the best actors of the decade with this film. And, he, and also, there's another film that comes out might have come out earlier, uh, Bug, where he just is fucking awesome in it, too. He's a great actor. And here's another one of the shit burgers of this month, and it's The Right with Anthony Hopkins. No, it's not. It sucks. And speaking of movies, it sucks. No, no. You you know the thing about The Right? I left. I left. The theater. I don't blame you. I would leave, too. No, it's a joke. The right, I left. Yeah. Joke. Okay, never mind. 
Onwards. The movie was that bad. Okay, this one. Yeah. Jason Statham has said about this. I wanted to do a remake of the Charles Bronson film. I had already signed on to this, and then I went to the set, and they changed the, the brilliant script from the first film into just another shitty action film. And that would be the remake of The Mechanic. I wouldn't even call it a remake of The Mechanic. They just took the fucking name. Go watch yeah, the film and fuck this movie. Even Statham would tell you, go watch the Charles Bronson film and fuck this movie. Yeah, it's a shame. Because I went to see that in the theater. And it was like, no, you didn't. And and you know what? I'm Okay, spoiler alert. Statham lives at the end of this movie. Fuck you, that's not the mechanic. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Oh, let's keep on moving. Keep on moving. Da, da, da. The eagle. The eagle. You know what the eagle is? It's a bird. It's a fucking low-budget rip-off of Centurion. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. No, 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 no. You don't know. Go see Centurion. You're absolutely right. I remember that. And here's the film that I was first friends with Carl's on this. And he talked about seeing this five times in the theater, and he cried about how much he loved this film. And that's Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, moving on. And this is a film that, well, let's just say, uh, who, uh, man from the high, Philip K. Dick, usually you got two extremes. One extreme is the complete shittiness like Minority Report, and the other extreme is just the Stone Cold Classic like Blade Runner. This one I would put right in the middle, and that's the Adjustment Bureau. Well, also, there are other things about Philip Dick. I, I, you know, there are films like uh, uh, Radio Free Album and uh, and um, uh, Scanner Darkly, which are basically the most faithful to his novels. However, this movie is odd because you never thought that someone would take Philip K. Dick and molded into a rom-com. And this is really a rom-com. And it a works. A really odd one. That's what's scary. It works. It works. But it then works. again, it has one of our gods in it, so why shouldn't it work? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Terrence Let us Stamp. not forget the god that is known as Sod, a.k.a. Terrence Stamp. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But, yeah, I mean, I love it. It gets the whole idea of the Adjustment Bureau down perfect. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, is Anthony Mackie really makes a really good impression in this film, too. Yeah. Anthony Mackie's really good in this film. Yeah. And here's a film that a lot of fans of Shaun of the Dead and... uh, uh, the, the, the hot fuzz like, but I thought this was hot shit, and that's Paul. I didn't like this. I movie. I didn't care for it either. I didn't like it either. And Carl, 
And I went to CNN. Okay. We're moving on. What would you say about an animated uh, film by who wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Uh, uh, That would be Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, what would you consider a Hunter S. Thompson film made for kids with Ned Beatty, Alfred Molina, Bill Nighy, Harry Dean Stanton, Ray Winstone, Tilly, Timsey, Oliphant, and Johnny Depp. Uh, and, and let us not forget the ghost of, 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 of Clint Eastwood. I fucking love this movie. Rango. Talking, and, and let's not forget that they basically pulled the plot out of Chinatown. Yeah. The plot is from Chinatown. And it is wonderful. <laughs> I love this movie. Fucking love this, and it's not a kids' movie. I'm sorry, it's not. Oh, Gorgo has gone on the record saying that this pretty much was an acid trip. Oh, without a fucking doubt. The original ending of Rango, which they wouldn't let him do, it was going to be at the very end. It was going to be uh, Johnny Depp opening. You know, when it fades to black at the end. Right. It was going to be Johnny Depp opening his eyes and then him as Hunter S. Thompson from <laughs> Fearing Loathing in Las Vegas. And, and I think the last thing was, say, wow, what a trip. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I would, like, I would like to have seen that ending, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, and no, we're not going to save this. This movie, I'm, I'm just going by the trailer for this. This movie was a boring piece of shit. I mean, god damn, Nicolas Cage as this fucking guy who they kidnap his uh, his baby. They kill his, his woman, so he has to go fucking rescue her. That's what I, I. That's the movie I seen in my head from the trailer, wasn't it? You. Yep. Would you want to see that movie? Um, probably on Netflix. <laughs> Not in the theater. But would you want to see a movie about a goddamn guy who's dead in hell? Who sees his cultist kill his daughter and kidnap his grandbaby? So he escapes hell with hell's accountant coming after him. And these poor idiot cultists does not realize that a demon from hell is breathing down their fucking necks coming to get them for kidnapping his baby girl. Oh, I, I would go see that in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. And that would be drive angry. God damn, was this one good. What they did marketing to this thing is is, is a total shame because this thing is fucking insane. It literally is insane. It it is the ultimate B-movie with bare bare naked ladies with shotguns and, and, and Uzis and... Yeah, let me quote uh, the director. 
He said, okay. this will probably be the only time in my life where I could go on a movie set. Hey, I want a naked girl with a shotgun. And 20 minutes later, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> and let us not forget the greatness, the fantasticness of fucking William Fickner, who just takes this movie, puts it in his back pocket with Nicolas Cage overacting his ass off and crawls away and just gives him a finger as he's doing it. Yeah. Fucking Fickner is amazing in this one. You know who I am? What? I work for the Federal Bureau of Get the Fuck Out of My Way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do, do the one, uh, hey, fat fuck. <laughs> what? Yeah. What did you call me? I called you fat fuck. I could call you dead fat fuck. <laughs> soon to be dead fat fuck. <laughs> yeah, soon to be dead fat fuck. <laughs> <clears throat> And we learn things about Jesus and the devil that we never know. Jesus Christ. Carpenter. Compare, he said, unlike the knowledge, he likes short hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's a beautiful film. It really is. You know it, 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 it. Yeah. I love that movie. Well read, quiet spoken. And he fucking hates when someone kills a baby in his name. <laughs> this one, I, and another way they fucked this up is they released this in 3D only. It works great in 3D, but there is too many people that would have seen this movie that did not fucking bother because it wasn't 3D. And they released it on Super Bowl fucking weekend. Yeah, seriously. Hell. Seriously. I got more people to see this movie by telling them what it was actually about. They were like, you mean it's not like the trailer? No. (laughs) Oh, let's not forget one thing. The cherry on top of this wonderful bloody Sunday. Tom fucking Atkins. Look on his face. We were fucking. And he was killing them all while we were fucking. (laughs) (laughs) And then you cut to this bizarre look on Tom Atkins' face. But that's not his best line in there. He's like, okay, boy. (laughs) When they come up, I'm going to tell you to shoot at their tars. And when they shoot at their tars, Shoot at their faces. Now, boys, shoot at their tars. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that okay. a great rock soundtrack that was never released either? Oh, and, and the best thing? William Fichtner uh, driving a, 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 a truck full of uh, flammable uh, uh, liquid. I forget what it was. Well, not to, flammable. To get- Liquid what? nitrogen, freezable. Liquid nitrogen, that's what it was. To, to yeah. get down tonight by KC and the Sunshine Band and he's chair no, dancing while he's doing it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's bobbing his head in time with it. 
We need to do a watch. Okay, folks, as you're listening to this, can you tell that we love this movie? We fucking love this movie. Okay, go ahead. We need to do a watch of this sometime. Now let's move on. We have Hall Pass, which sucked. Take Me Home. Oh, my God. I can remember you bitching about Take Me Home Tonight because it was a movie set in the 1980s during one night. And you remember what you bitched and hated about it? No, because I've forgotten about it for good reason, I'm sure. Not one person smoked a single fucking cigarette in the movie. Oh, yeah. How the hell are you going to have a movie set in the early 80s? in the 80s and no one is smoking <laughs> yeah seriously I'm not joking about that either no and here's a movie that should have been better than it is uh, Red Riding Hood but there's only one reason to see Red Riding Hood okay that's Gary Oldman going over the fucking top as the evil priest Everybody else is playing it like this Twilight movie, and Gary Oldman's in the fucking devils. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. He's playing basically the priest in the fucking devil. And next, this one is dedicated to our beloved Vicky Love. And that's Battle Los Angeles. If you're looking for a brainless sci-fi action film, you're not going to do... You could do much worse. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's fun. It's basically troops get stranded behind enemy lines so they have to fight their way out, except with aliens. But, yeah, it's fun. And here's one that, it was fucking good. It made a lot of money in the box office, but it never had a sequel. And that's The Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey. Eh. That's an ass for me. Oh, and put on your black uh, armband. Okay. We love us Burke Bressed. We love yes, we his do. quirky style. So when this movie came out, it was like, based on the book by Burke Bressett, Carl was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he went to see Mars Needs Bombs. I'm shutting up. And I'm it, one of the few people that went to see it in the theater. Seriously. I mean, you couldn't keep me away. I... I don't. There hasn't been a movie or TV special that has gotten his tone uh, down, and and I love him. His children's books, and and you would know him more from Bloom County. Um, there's this sense of sweetness, but the, this real sense of acerbic uh, humor too, to him. And nobody has gotten him, and and this one just doesn't work. And to me, the biggest problem is the animation. It's that uh, 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 real creepy uh, um, shit that that Semeckis does, you know. But this one, even 
the wonderful Joan Cusack can't save this. And it is a goddamn fucking shame. Yeah. If you want to see a good Berkeley breathed movie that's basically got his style down pat, what's Secondhand Lions? Hell, just fucking watch Secondhand he, Lions, period. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And and he doesn't... All he did was the the, the drawings on that. He, uh, he didn't have anything to do with the script or that, but they got it done right. You're right about that, Steve. Yeah. And here's a movie that... I didn't like it because of the nastiness of its implications and that source code. That movie, it just wasn't that good. Well, remember this. Uh, Duncan Jones had just come off a moon, which everybody loved. And I don't think it's a terrible movie. I don't think so. But it doesn't, it doesn't work, especially the ending doesn't work for me. The reason it doesn't work is you have to get over the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal's character basically steals this guy's body and fucking takes over his life, and we don't, and we're supposed to be happy and not give a fuck about this poor bastard that's lost his conscience and his mentality. Yeah. But then again, yep. the great one came out, which if you haven't seen, you should get it because it's on. You should watch it because it's on Netflix, and that's Attack the Block. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, that, that's a friggin' lootly. What it is is about a bunch of punks who are one step away from going to prison. But then aliens land and start to attack them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's set in Britain, and it's very, very British in, in a sense. It, it sort of reminds me a bit of Quadrophenia, because you have that that sense of uh, uh, gangs against each other and that sort of thing, and groups against each other. Yeah, it's like, it's what a if we took a British kitchen sink gang film and put aliens in it? Oh, cool. I like that. And there's another one they didn't know how to release, release wide, so. This is the year of let's fuck up the releases, people. Yep, I agree. And speak, this may be one of the most bizarre and horrible movies I've ever seen. I'm not a Jodie Foster fan, but she's directed some decent films, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Nell, for one. But then we got the fucking beaver. What the fuck? (laughs) Um, It's a misfire. Let's just leave it at that. It's a misfire. Misfire? It has Mel Gibson walking around. With a beaver on his hand, talking to it the whole movie, trying to do that. And how does he free his life and move on? He cuts his goddamn hand off. Yep. It's a misfire. It doesn't work. Let's just Speaking leave it at misfire, that. This one, I can remember Carl talking about how it broke his heart, and that's Dylan Dog Dead of Night. Oh, my God. 
I wasn't going to mention this. I, I, why did you even bring this shit up? So we can say to it people, go heart. watch fucking Cemetery Man. I or love Dylan Yeah, I love Dylan Dog. Love Dylan Dog. Uh, ever since college, when a friend of mine who went over to Italy brought some Pumetti back and, and spoke Italian and basically read it to me, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Just an absolute travesty. They can't. Seriously. Unless you're going to go all the way and get the rights to Groucho Marx lightness, don't do yeah. Dylan Dog. Yep. I would agree with that. And everyone who likes this that's male, everyone, I'm sorry. If you like. Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch, you are a pedophile. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no exclusions. You're a fucking dirty pedo. Well, I'm not going to touch that. I don't like the movie at all. Okay, let's keep that in mind. I don't. Yeah. It's one of those movies that us who, like, we like sleazy, nasty movies. And we were like, no, fuck, no, fuck you. No, no, get the fuck out of my face. Get, get. <laughs> Unless you want to watch girl, underage girls in tight skirts go around and do action crap for no reason for two hours, then no. Yep. Oh, and I got to bring up Hop for one reason, because it's a one-joke movie, and its joke is stupid. You know what the joke is? Okay, tell me. The Easter Bunny Easter Bunny ships jelly beans, and people Ooh. eat them. There's like 20 wow. shitty jelly bean jokes. Oh, and speaking of mo- this year should be, I've already officially dubbed this year, action and comedy films that they did not know how to fucking release. Okay. Because the one that cements it is my number one of the decade, but Hannah. Oh, Another my film God. they did I... not know what to fucking do with. Yeah. And it's just and fucking love... awesome. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. I even love oh, the whole that. lesbian side of it. I wish they would have gone all the way with that. Uh, she was a little young for him to go all the way with that. She was still, yeah, I think, underage. You know what I point. mean? They had him I know, holding. I know. They had him doing everything but kissing. I know. But I'll tell you something. Uh, um, they have actually made a TV show out of this, which I hear is. Very good, but even more popular than the movie. People didn't even know it was based on a movie when it came out. Yeah, and Kate Blanchett was so good in this fucking movie. She oh, plays fuck, the fucking yeah. devil herself, and she doesn't overreact. No, she does it really well. She just sits there, and you're like, God damn. Yep. 
Oh, and speaking of bad ideas, we got the Arthur remake. Why? Why? Do you know, I almost went to see that for one reason, and you know what the reason is. Yeah, Helen Mirren. Yeah, exactly. Did I not just go see a movie with Helen Mirren in it last night? Yeah, but that yeah. one's getting good reviews. And it's got mm-hmm. Helen yeah, Mirren in I, I wouldn't Helen. care. I'd go see anything with her in it. I'm smitten. Don't you know that by now? <laughs> yeah, but you didn't see Arthur, so that means you're not stupid. <laughs> I didn't say I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> And we're skipping over your Scream 4 because besides the Scarecrow ghost face outfit was cool, it was boring. And here's a bizarre one that 3D sex and zen, extreme ecstasy. What the fuck? Oh, no. Don't you know that's a, that's a remake? Not a remake, but a, a, a sequel to Sex and Zen. I've yeah. never seen it, but I've heard good things about it, man. Yeah, me too. And here's a movie that everyone who voted for Trump jacked off over, and that is Atlas Shrugged Part 1. Fuck Ann Wren. Fuck it. Fuck Ann Wren. Fuck this movie. Let's move to Black God. Yeah, really. This one is interesting because the first four of this movie, the first one was just another rice burner tuner movie. You know, hey, let's have drag races. Same with two. Three has only one redemption scene. It has the two young leads act like badasses and try to fight each other like, fuck you, I'm the baddest motherfucker, I'm the baddest motherfucker. And then in what's Sonny Chiba with a long white coat and goes, bitch, please. Yeah Because if you look at Tokyo Drift Man, they don't even look Sonny Chiba in the eyes They don't even have that in the eyes You know You know, know, I I don't like the series I'm not a big fan of the series I mean, I've seen some of the later ones Which are better than than the earlier ones But you told me about the Sonny Chiba I had to yeah. rent Tokyo Drift just for that, and it was so, it was so hard to get through until Chiba shows up. And then it was like, oh, my God, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But then Fast 4 come out, and it was in, and then Fast 5, and they said, okay, let's go over the fucking top. And from here on, it's fucking great. It keeps going over the top and more and more insane. And I love Five up, but really, what what did they add the fast five to make it great? Huh. I don't know. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yep. The scene. Now the at Rock this point was. Go ahead. At this, at this point was uh um, what's his name in it uh um uh Statham, or not? No, that was the film. That was like two films after this. Oh, okay. But yeah. And moving on, let's see. Next is Thor, which was okay. Let's see. Marvel is Shakespeare. We can just keep mailing on like Bridesmaid. Moving on, moving on. 
jumping the broom, something borrowed, Pirates of the Caribbean, Midnight in Paris, uh, Which wasn't that, actually. That's one of, out of all the, the later Woody Allen films, that's one of the ones I actually like. Then we have this horror film that came out that no one saw because no one really knew that it was a fucking horror film. Hell, I didn't even know it was a fucking horror film. All I know is about Tilda Swinton talking to her husband, and the title of the movie is Let We Should Talk About Kevin. And if you want a movie that will kick you in the balls, punch you in the gut, and slap you in the face, Watch this movie. God oh, seriously. Damn, is it good. And it is. It, it's tough, man. It's a tough fucking film. Seriously. Yeah. This is good. It's good. So good. One of the best films about guilt ever. And mm-hmm. we're not going to say shit about it because you need to go in blind. Yep. But get a seatbelt because you're going to need it. Yeah. Oh, and here's the film that won Best Film of this year. And you want to talk about Disposable, The Artist. Oh, good God. Don't even mention that fucking movie. What's funny is the film that came out the same day as it that should have won Best Picture. I didn't like it, but it should have won Best Picture over the fucking artist. Let's just say, when this movie came out, people went to watch it because all the reviewers were like, oh, this is a great artistic masterpiece. This is a great artistic masterpiece. A week later, you cannot fucking get a refund for this movie. After the dinosaur scene. <laughs> uh, can I take it from here, Stephen? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about The Tree of Life. Now, I love this movie. I'm also a Terrence Malick fan, and, and, and Stephen will chide me for that every so often. Um, however, this is a great film. And, and the one thing about it, is Sean Penn, it's all about guilt and remembrance, and it also has to do with the whole aspect that we pass on, you know, to the next generation, to the next age, and that's where the dinosaurs come in. And the other thing about this, it was the return of one of the greatest uh, special effects persons in film history, and that would be Douglas Trumbull. came came back and did the special effects for this film, and they are magnificent. You know, and this uh, is Malick's hardest-to-digest film. Yeah. I blame reviewers for not really mentioning, even Carl, when he said he loved this film, a review that said, this is a hard-to-digest film. Yeah, this, this one's tough. I got no problem with that, okay? I yeah. like films like that. But then that's, you know, it's like, 
That's something you should have told them yesterday because a lot of people were pissed off because of that. Yeah, I don't know how many people went to see that who said, what the fuck with the dinosaurs? What was that about? Yeah. And here we have Melancholia by Lars von Tears. It's okay. It's it's a very slow place into the world film. And then we got a really great perverse little film by Pedro Almodovar called The Skin I Live In. I ain't saying shit about this. Just that if you want to see a twisted little fucking film, just watch it. You know what? I'm gonna. I I have to say this, and I know I'm in the minority. I didn't care for this film. There was. Well, I, I kind. I figured I it out. One thing is, I figured it out right away. I figured it out right away. I mean, the, that yeah. that has been used a lot, to be honest. That twist, and I'm not saying what that twist is, but. Yeah. But even once you know it, there's a couple of things, if you know it, that makes you feel dirtier and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. You know, I'm not disagreeing with that. And speaking of films that should have won Best Picture over the artist, if this or Tree of Life would have won, I would have been okay with it. And that would be Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive. No. Just for, and you know who should have won Best Supporting Actor or Best oh, Actor? Oh, now that I happen to agree with you on. Albert fucking Brooks. Oh, yeah. That, that one I agree with you on 100%. You never see Albert Brooks as the bad guy, but he's so fucking good as a son of a oh, bitch he, in this one. Oh, he is, too. He's really good in this. When I first watched this within five minutes, I looked at my phone. I was like, am I in the 2000s or am I stuck back in the fucking 80s watching a Michael Mann film? And that's the problem with Drive, and I love this fucking movie, is that there's too much, it's too much of a love note to uh, Michael Mann. No, see, I disagree with you. It's not Michael Mann. It just copies the fucking driver. It's Walter Hill. Yeah, both of them. That's Walter Hill. Uh, uh, man, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not on, on board with this one. Now, you and I have talked about this, right? And, and there are reference films I do like, basically the ones that nobody else likes. Um, it, it's kind of weird. Oh, I love the follow-up uh, to Drive more than Drive, even though it pissed people yeah. off. Right. But Drive so is still I, great. Actually. The style yeah. in it, the soundtrack. Oh my God. Yeah, but it, it, it's so warmed over. It's so warmed over the driver. It's not even funny. I was bored. I literally was bored with this one. I'm sorry. And would you? And we're skipping over Kung Fu Panda, too, because we talked about that. And what do you think that when this movie come out, we're like, oh, God, we've got some shitty fucking X-Men movies. And then X-Men First Class come out. 
and holy shit, it was good. Yeah, it was. Kevin Bacon, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jesus. Yeah. Agreed. And here's a movie people liked that I hated, and that was Super 8. I'm like, oh, fuck you. It's okay. It's okay. And you know how I joke about how The Tree of Life was the most pretentious film to come out in 2011? No, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't. Hero Dreams of Sushi. That was the most pretentious bullshit film to come out of 2011. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to, I hate to tell you this. Uh I'm going to give you a guess. Did I like the movie or not? Did I like you Hero? It. Hero, what? You loved it. You fucking ain't right. I did. <laughs> yep. I did. I, I hate to tell you that. <laughs> well, don't you agree that it was more pretentious than Tree of Life? Again, I don't think either one of them are pretentious. By your by your standards, they are. I don't consider them pretentious. I consider them thoughtful and provocative. They're pretentious. And I'm so forth <laughs> Wait, let me tell people why I, I consider pretentious, how far you have to go. I love fucking Alejandro Jodorowsky. Yeah. And most people would call him like the king of artistically pretentious Oh, I I can see that. Captain America, the first Avenger. Not a bad movie. I love Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull, but... Eh. I agree. And here's a movie I was expecting, Joe R. Lansdale, but I got bullshit, and that's Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, that 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 was such a fucking disappointment. Remember really when we was. had him on the show, this show, our yeah. my show? We talked about five minutes about how they should have got, we how Joe should have wrote it, and he's like, yeah, I would have made something interesting out of it. <laughs> yeah. And you Agreed. loved Leon, didn't you? I oh, are you kidding? Fucking lovely on the professional. Man, don't you wish they had ever done a sequel? Well, how can there be a sequel to that? No. There no. is. There was a sequel called Leon the Professional Two, with uh, Natalie Portman's character, but they rewrote that script. Because they can never get it made. And we got Columbiana. Oh, what a piece of shit that movie was. Yeah. You see it now that I've told you that it was supposed to be Natalie Sporting's character? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. 
I'll just say Ugg. And we have Final Fantasy, Final Destination 5, which wasn't that bad. I've no. always been a fan of the good Final Destination films. That means I've been so bad. Agreed. Agreed. And here's one that came out of nowhere. When it was announced, we were like, oh, this movie's going to be shit. This whole trilogy's going to be shit. And then Rise of the Planet Apes went, bitch, please, and smacked the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, you was expecting a bullshit monkey movie? Bam, here's some serious sci-fi for your ass. Bam, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know. I mean, uh, it's good, but it is it's hard. It's good. I, I'm not. Sci-fi. I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on them. I'm not. Uh, but it's okay. Compare them to the Tim Burton remake. Oh. Oh, I, I'm with you on that. Okay, I'm not disagreeing with you there. And now we're moving on to the hell. Why do I think this movie's bullshit? I'm from the South. <laughs> what if a black woman in the 50s would have put her shit in a pie and served it to her white employer? In the movie, they laugh at the woman who ate the pie. What would have happened in the real 50s that you grew was a it would not have been pleasant. <laughs> Let's just say they would have fucking hung her. They would have fucking yeah. killed her family. Yeah. I would agree with that. This is a movie to make white peop- white women, people feel good. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a white guilt oh, movie. Oh, here's a another disappointment from this year and that is the Jason Momoa Conan the Barbarian film that didn't even seem like it was a Conan the Barbarian film. Yeah. I mean, it's like, is this Conan? Well, it says it is. You sure, man? This tastes like chicken, but it's supposed to be pie. (laughs) I mean, I like fact that they made him smart they made him closer to R. He Howard's character, but that sound basically sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. And next is a remake that I thought was gonna be shit but actually turned out pretty good and that's Fright Night. I like that movie. Yeah. Tony Collette, David Trennant, Colin Farrell mm. Anton Yelchin? Mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. this proves that you could make an eh movie, but if you got great actors in it, it's going to work. I, I tell you, it, it, it was a good attempt, and I think it's a good remake. But I'm sorry, I love David Tennant, but he does not come close to Roddy McDowell. Oh, sorry. no, no. Oh, I ain't saying that, no. No, I know you're not. But Colin Farrell was great casting. Yes, he was. And Tony Collette was awesome. Collette was awesome. It's funny that in a year where we talk about the whole thing of uh, 
it, we're supposed to be more open in there, but when they made the remake of uh, Fright Night, they cut out all of the gay innuendo in the movie. Right. That's where Chris Sarandon wins because of sexual ambiguity. And here's one that you're probably disappointed in, and that's Spy Kids all the time in the world. Uh, say that again, Stephen? The Spy Kids all the time in the world, because I know how much you love Robert Rodriguez's uh, kids. Yeah, movie. yeah, that, that one was disappointing, to say the least. That one did not work. Yeah, the Three Musketeers. I mean, this one on paper looks great. Actually, no, Ray Stevenson. Okay, no, never mind. I screwed up. I thought this was one of the good actors. That was the. And people were like, David Cronenberg was sitting around. God damn, what am I going to do for my next movie? I just did a film with Viggo Mortensen that's action. What am I going to do with the next movie? I know. We'll have Freud and who's the other? Carl Jung. Carl Jung. In a movie and have them spank and fuck Karen Knightley in the ass for two hours. <laughs> And you basically have the movie. <laughs> yeah, Dangerous Method. Oh, it's good, but this is as kinky. This may be Cronenberg's kinkiest film ever. I don't know about that. There is Crash. <laughs> no. He tends to be on the kinky side. It's the look on Viggo Mortensen's face when Kieran Knightley goes, Spank me. And he's like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And here's a film that you would think would suck, but actually is pretty goddamn fun, and that's Shark Night. This is about a bunch of people who are trapped in a grocery store with sharks during a flood. Oh. It's fun No, trash. I didn't see that one. It's fun trash. Okay. And here's I'll bet one you it's not as good as that... Crawl, though. I'll bet you it's no. not as good as Crawl. No. And here's one where there's two people, two fans of this. Half of us are like, fuck you, we want Obi-Wan Kenobi. Alec Guinness is the best smiley ever. And then there is another contingent, which is Carl, which is, fuck you, Gary Oldman was the best smiley ever. Uh, actually, I'm like, they're both really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, and this is Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Okay, one thing I have to say about this, it's, so, the original was a miniseries. That I think yeah, was over based like, on all like, three books. Right. This takes that, condenses it, and it's very, very hard to follow. But man, is it good. And this is done by the same guy who did uh, Let the Right One In. The same director. And uh, I really like this film. And I, I and Oldman's just awesome. Oldman's fucking awesome in this movie. 
And now we're moving on to the movie that made me have a new appreciation for Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly where you're going. (laughs) Are you sure it's not Popeye's? No, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken because... (laughs) Tell them. That would be we. That would be Killer Joe. Jesus Christ! Did this movie come out of nowhere? And why did not get any nominations? Oh come on! That's easy. It was MC Seventeen. You have the chicken scene. It's fucking the uh, uh, same guy who did uh, um, uh, uh, French Connection, who who just like doesn't give a fuck what you think. Yeah, and, and just it, basically takes your head and puts it in your head and you can't breathe. And you wonder why it didn't get any nominations? Seriously? McConaughey is so fucking good in this movie. I'm not saying he's not. But there's no way in God's creation that, that the Oscar is going to nominate this. No fucking way. Yeah, but the chicken scene is an artistic classic, man. <laughs> it's not a fucking artistic classic. It's it's so you know, you talk about dangerous method being being twisted and, 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 and perverse. Oh. Yeah, I mean and another problem is Killer Joe's okay until Massey McConaughey shows up and then goddamn. Yeah. And then also on the ace Sony Pictures Classics fucked up the release of the best fucking film of this decade, tied with another film, which we'll get into later. God damn. How hard it would have been easy, how easy would it have been to just slap a dub on a movie that's eight cops trapped in a building, and they have to fucking fight with, with the best. Game-changing kung fu fight fucking ever. Yeah. And that will be the Raid Redemption. The Sony spent a whole fucking month pimping this movie. Then at the last moment, they decided to fucking release it in a tiny art house release. Why, you fucking morons. <laughs> Tell us what you really think, Stephen. <laughs> I mean, it's a goddamn tie between Drive Angry, uh, Hannah and the Raid, and, well, no, Hannah and the Raid were both released by Sony Pictures Classics. Oh, my God. It's like they were giving gold, and they were like, okay, we're going to sell it like it's bronze. No! How hard did this movie really kick you in the gut? I didn't get to see it until much later, you know, uh, but it's a damn good film. It's a damn good film. No question. Here's the big test. How do you think this movie would have gone over in the five movie, five kung fu films a day theater? Oh, are you kidding? They'd run that five times in a row, and no one would fucking complain. 
at the end of this you know, movie. You know, so we haven't talked end. about this, but it, it, it reminds me more of a Sonny Chiba film, right? Yeah. I'm not wrong yeah. about that, am I? No, it has that Chiba meanness to it. Yeah. And at the end of the last fight of this movie, the whole audience fucking stood up and applauded and yelled, Yeah, motherfucker! At the screen. Applauded. (laughs) I could believe that. Yep. And I have a policy which I continue to this day. Have I told you the fuck you yet, Carl? I think so, but go ahead. Yeah, it is everyone who comes to me, and I'm like, did you go see Ray to, or the Ray in the Theater? No, I had, I waited later to watch it on, on DVD or streaming, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> now, I didn't get to see it in the theater, but it wasn't near me either. Yeah, they fucked up the release bad. I mean, really bad. I mean, really, how how do you think it would have done if they just dumped the dub on it and released it wide? Oh, I think With it would have done spots. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of films that they really didn't know how to sell, so they sold it as a Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, ha, ha, ha. Buddy comedy film, which this film is it. It's a buddy comedy film like North Dallas Forty is a buddy comedy film, isn't it? Okay. And that's Moneyball. It's not. It's not a. Okay. It's not a comedy. Right. It's not a comedy at all. That's why I'm okay. saying. Okay. So you have to be a baseball fan. And it helps if you're an Oakland A's fan, my second favorite team. Okay? And a stat and nerd. He, and, and you're talking about a guy by the name of Billy Bean, who comes in as general manager, and he's a numbers guy. And so what he does is he crunches numbers, and he finds the numbers that fit the players and what he needs. And, um, and, and the... Um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman actually plays the, the um, manager of the club, and they go at it quite a bit. But, man, this is a great fucking movie and and a very, very hard thing to explain what he does. It's done extremely well, and yeah. it's just uh, – it's a really good movie. It is not a comedy at all. It's a drama. It's a feel, it has some feel-good at the end, uh, but it ends correctly. It's a good film. Yeah. But like I said, am I right? They sold it as a Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill buddy comedy film. Yeah, yeah, which it is not. No, this is a movie for stats nerds. Oh, yeah. This is a math movie. It's a fucking math movie. And I'm not joking about that either. I'm not either. <laughs> it just seems like this year they had so many good films they did not know what the fuck to do with. 
Yeah, seriously. They didn't know what to do with him. I agree. Only difference is, is Moneyball was a decent hit. Yeah, nobody expected that either, by the way. <laughs> nobody expected that. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition? No! <laughs> but really what it is is usually when you have a bait-and-switch advertising campaign like Moneyball, when people went in, they were like, fuck, goddamn bullshit, like with Tree of Life. Right. But when they went into Moneyball, they're like, hey, this is not that bad. <laughs> kind of weird <laughs> But I like it Well it's a sports movie too Okay yeah. They could get away with it to a certain degree Because it's a sports movie And it is a sports movie And moving on The Descendants Alexander Payne Robert Forster's great in this movie Otherwise eh. I like the movie a lot I really like this film. I do happen to like Payne uh, as, <laughs> as a writer. <laughs> I like Payne as a writer. I also like... Well, wait a second. I like Helen Mirren as a teddy, okay, and a whip. But that's that's my own thing, okay? But I do like you Payne. Like Hey, I'm your podcast partner for how many years? How painful is that? Yeah. (laughs) And here's a sports movie that if you look at it on paper, it's stupid, but it's fucking great. And that would be Goon. Oh, Goon is wonderful. Goon is wonderful. Yeah, and yes, Carl, it was based on uh, the Warren Zevon song. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? The hockey song? Right. It's about a guy who wants to be a hockey player, but he finds out his calling is a goon, which is beating the shit out of people players. Yep. Oh, and speaking, uh, okay, Carl, you're right. The the version of the Killer Elite by uh, Peck and Paul is not that bad. It's not that bad. No. You know why I say that all of a sudden? Because the, this We've Killer Elite to- sucks. Oh God, yeah. It don't have. I'm like, it. They should have named it something else because it don't have nothing to do with the book and nothing to do with the fucking first movie. No. It's like if you did a remake of uh, Badlands, but made it like Fast Five. Right. <laughs> oh, good God. Moving yep. on. And here's the horror film that came out. And all we knew, we didn't even know what the hell it was about. All we knew was the title, and that's Your Next. And what okay. we got was one of the best, the funniest. Just, I love this movie. 
love this movie. I love this movie. Love this movie. It's a home invasion film. It is fun. It is gives us one of the most kick-ass women in horror movies ever. Ever. Yeah, and how many times have I used your next as an example of how to do compact storytelling? Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, have all one of a sudden, like, well, how does the girl become such a badass? Well, look, they just have one line. Oh, I was raised by parents who are paramilitary nuts in the paramilitary camp. Boom! That tells you everything. You don't need to know anymore. Yeah. And man, does and she kick hilarious. ass. Oh, oh, and, and and the other thing too, you know, the actors in it, you know, uh, uh, you even have Ty West, the, the director, in a small role. Uh, Barbara Crampton. You have all these great people in there. And then, oh, I I have two words. Three words. No, two words. Blender kill. The blender kill is magnificent. It's magnificent. Love this movie. Fucking love it. And here's a movie you wouldn't think would be good, but it's actually pretty goddamn fucking good. That's 50-50. Have you seen that one with Joseph Gordon-Lewis you know and Seth Rogen? No, I have not, but I've heard nothing but good things about it, and I do know what it's about. I just have never run across it. Yeah. Uh, Will Reiser and, G- and Seth Rogen based it on a friend of his who was who was going through cancer, and it's a very, 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 very realistic film, besides the romantic bit, about going through cancer. Yeah. Not that bad. And it's not frankly either, from what I understand. It's not, you know. Oh, God, no. That's a good thing. I joke about Carl being dumb, but he only has one really dumb habit, which I've given him shit about, and I'm like, why, Carl, why? And that would be, if I like the movie, i got to see the remake. But it's PG-13, Carl. I don't care. Got to see the remake. Don't do it. God damn it. Please, man. Please. (laughs) I have to do it to see how bad they fuck it up. Okay? I have to do it. Because 99 times out of 100, they really fuck it up. And boy, did they do this with this film which I think is my worst film of the year. And that would be Straw Dogs. Okay? Now, in the original Straw Dogs, Sam Peckinpah doesn't explain what that terminology means. He wants you to be smart. Five minutes into this movie, they explain it not once, but twice. So they hit you over the head with it. Like you know, fuck you. You know, you know. Oh, and I hated this movie. I walked out. Movie is nastier than the one in the NC-17 version. Yeah. Oh, fucking big. Yeah, I only made it through about twenty minutes of this. 
Seriously. So, yeah. yeah I not a, This movie was shitty shit. Yep. I hate the other two that I've mentioned. I hate Hobo with a Shotgun more. But this is worse because Apathy is worse than hate. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. And it's not a good thing. Trust no. me. And here's one of the great documentaries that come out of this decade that did get nominated for a fucking Oscar shot. And it's one of Martin Scorsese's best films, too. Are you confused yet? Yes. George Harrison, Living in the Material World. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I get it. It's a six... No, really. It's a six-hour documentary on George Harrison, and it's fucking good. You know what part you would have loved the most, which... Yeah, you did watch that part. Were yes, I the did. whole history of handmade films. Yep. Yeah, that's how thorough it is. It covers everything about George Harrison. And if you thought he was just a Beatle, bitch, please. Yep. He was a major force in independent cinema. He was a major force in Terry Gilliam's career. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. And here's the unnecessary prequel, because we already knew what the fuck was going on throughout the whole fucking movie. And that would be the thing. Yep. It's not that bad, it's just that we already knew everything that was going to fucking happen, so why the fuck watch it? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Isn't it sad in one year we got a great Hunter S. Thompson adaption with Rango? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we had one of the fucking worst. I'm not as... Okay, I kind of like the Rum Diaries in, in a couple ways. The one thing I will say right off is that it's way miscast. I know, I know that that uh, that uh, Johnny Depp loves Hunter S. Thompson, but this was an unpublished novel of his, and and was autobiographical. And he's like in his twenties. You know, he's just learning the, the gig, and 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 this is the same guy who did With Nail and I. Let's not forget that either. The pedigree's all there. It just didn't work. Just didn't work. And here's a movie that's better than it should be, but it's still not that good, and that would be Tower Heist with Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. No. No. It's not that bad. 
I watched it on fucking meh. cinema. It's real meh. Doesn't do it anything. It was nice to see Eddie Murphy say motherfucker again. Let's be honest. Yeah, but he's done it too many times. I mean, it's just like, oh, I can go back and say motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, but then he came back this year and did Dolomite is my name and kicked ass. Oh yeah, that he certainly did. And here's a movie that's not that bad, but Clint Eastwood should pay fucking Larry Cohen royalties for this movie. Okay. And that's Jay Edgar. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I mean, I mean, how many times did you read? Even you said that back then, didn't you? That yes. Clint Eastwood owes Larry Cohen royalties for J. Edgar. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's not that bad. The Capra was good, but the problem falls with J. Edgar is that much fucking better. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And speaking of movies that people liked that I thought was useless shit, we got the Muppets update. You know what? I like this. A lot. I know. But you like pain. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Here's a movie that you liked that pretty much no one else liked, and I thought it was okay, and that would be Steven Soderbergh's Haywire. I fucking love this movie. I think it's brutal as fuck. I think Gina Carano is just awesome. Uh, and and um, man, the fights in this, and it has the best end line ever from uh, Antonio Banderas. Oh shit! And I'll just say it right now. Oh shit! <laughs> Yeah. I love this movie. I think it's great. And I think it's an unsung gem and it's all my top ten easy of the year. Okay, here's a question. Why do we give happy feet to a pass? Why do we give what a pass? Happy feet to a pass. I don't know. What movie did it help the director set up Finance. See, I'm I'm not hearing you real well, Stephen. Happy feet. What's the title of the movie? Happy feet. This is say it again. What? Say it again. Happy feet too. H e p p y. Oh, okay, gotcha. Now I know what you're talking about. Yes, I know what it set up. Yeah, what did it set up? It set up Mad Max. Fury Road is what it's fucking. Yep. Yeah, people, this is another reason why when Mad Max Fury Road, we're like, oh, he's a happy feet guy. And the rest of us are like, no, this is the Road Warrior guy. Yeah, but he's been doing all that family crap. He can't. Well, we'll get into that when the year comes, right? Yeah. Here's one that Carl liked because it's got Judy Dench in it. And that is the most exotic 
the best exotic Marigold Hotel? This is probably one of the big surprises about the year for me. Because I expected to dislike this a lot. And I ended up really liking it. It's it's a fun movie. doesn't make my top ten, but it's a fun film. And Carl, here's the question. How do you follow up a piece of shit movie like Valentine's Day by Gary Marshall? What do you do as a follow-up? Uh, how about New Year's Day? New Year's Eve, yeah. God damn, I wanted to beat this shit. This movie was bad. Yep. And here's a movie that people went in expecting a Liam Neeson fucking action film. And they were pissed off because they got a Jack London film. And that would be The Gray. Oh, yes. I finally got to see it. It's a good film. Yeah, but do you see what I mean now? People are expecting uh, oh, yeah. an action film. And it's a Jack London film all the way. And we're not yeah. talking Call of the Wild Jack London. We're talking Lost Face, The Start of Fire, Bleak as Fucking Shit Jack London. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Agreed. And I love the fact that people are pissed off. Well, they didn't show him fight the wolves at the end. That's not the fucking point. <laughs> exactly. The point was, he was going to fight. That was the fucking point. Yeah. Yep. And then we had the U.S. remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which wasn't that bad. Daniel Craig was great in it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I like the Swedish one better. Yeah, but you always what? like Swedish erotica. I mean, oh, God damn. Sorry. Edit that out. I'll edit that out. Yeah, you're being mean again, but that's okay. I'm used to that. How many people who listeners are going to actually know what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and don't know. And this is a sequel that I was expecting more of, but it didn't give it, and that's Sherlock Holmes' The Game of Shadows. After the first one with Robert Downey Jr., which was fucking good, I was expecting yeah. something better. And it was, eh. It was meh. Yeah, if I had anything, I would get, like, the Price is Right Failure song for this. No, 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 no. Yep, I agree. And here's the point where I stepped off the Cameron Crow train, and that's We Bought a Zoo. Why? 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 And also on the 23rd is the worst 9-11 movie to come out this year, that year, well, ever. The worst fucking 9-11 film ever. Worst. And that's extremely loud and extremely close. God, that this movie was. Well, I remember that. Oh, my God. You talk about pretentious. The War and War Horse, which was Steven Spielberg's movie about the war horses or the pit ponies. 
Mm-hmm. And to close out the year, we had Meryl Streep as the Iron Lady. Can you imagine how this film went over in the U.K.? Oh, it did, too. And, of course, she won the, the Academy Award, I think, for it, didn't she? Oh, no, yeah. she was up for it. Well, can I yeah. quote Jello Biafra? He said he's glad he's living at a time where the U.K. can be releasing a film about a woman who they considered the fucking Antichrist in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's 830, we're already through with the year. This was a pretty good year for films that they did not know how to fucking fucking release. Well, you know what? There's a couple others we need to mention. Okay, go ahead. A couple you didn't mention. Did you see Another Earth? No. The Brit Wing. It's a it's a great little sci-fi film. Vicky uh, turned me on to it. It's a uh, psychological no sci-fi sad. film. Basically, no Another Earth shows up. No and you have doppelgangers. Oh, good yeah, I have seen that. I've seen that with friend. It was good. Yeah. And another one, you, I cannot, I can't believe you missed this one. Uh-huh. Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Oh, that wasn't on my list, but yeah, that one is so, fu- that one is so fucking good. And it's sweeter than you would think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. Yep. Oh, my God. Those fucking okay. kids and the crazy motherfucker jumped in the fucking <laughs> wood bumper. They come out here to kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like the film, but it doesn't. It it just doesn't make it for me completely. But there are two movies we that are actually on my list that we have not uh, talked about yet. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll give you two words. Lucky McKee. Oh, the woman. I love this one more than you did. You thought it was too dark, I, and I'm like, yeah. No, no, no. no. I'll tell you what, the biggest problem with me with this was the ending. He went overboard with the with the, the, with the um, violence. And it just, it just seemed like that was in a different movie that he would have done earlier. If he would have just Railed it in a little bit and kept it in because this is dark as fuck. And it is. If you would have read Open Season first, the prequel to The Woman. Yeah. The ending is perfect for that. Yeah. But 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 to me the ending fucking soundtrack. Oh, oh listen, it's a great film. It's uh, and it's just you know, per, you think you're you're in a perfect family, and then you see all the 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 all the misogyny and all the grossness of this family, and it's just oh my god! And it's a brilliant film. It really is. I I'm a yeah, big when lucky you make fan. a psychotic, brutal, evil, cannibalistic woman who scares you by looking at her into a sympathetic character. You've done something right. Fucking Pollyanna Macintosh just knocks this out of the fucking park. And you know what? Who else does is Angela Bettis. 
Oh, that is, God, and, and, and I can't think of what's his name, the, 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 the head of the household. Yeah. I, I can't think of what's his name, but he's really good, too. Acting is absolutely fabulous in this film. And I'm sorry, the mother character deserved what she got at the end for ignoring what happened to the woman oh, and I her daughter. Oh, I don't disagree with you. Oh, I don't disagree with you. Don't disagree with you at all. Don't disagree. And that fucking soundtrack. God damn. And this is a movie that made people faint when they first saw it. Yeah. Seriously. And there's another movie we have to talk about, and it's problematic, but I still, for one basic reason, I love it. And uh, I'll give you two words, and you'll know who I'm talking, what I'm talking about. Kevin Smith. Uh, Red State? Red State. That is a good well, movie up until the last five minutes. Well, you know, I'm not arguing the ending. What I will say is this. I don't fucking care what people think. Michael Parks should have had an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting. God, yeah. Fucking amazing in this film. It's Michael Parks. If he's not amazing in the film, that's when you talk about it. (laughs) Kevin Smith said it the best. Michael Parks, I I can make a film about Michael Parks for 90 minutes just reading the fucking phone book, and it would be the best fucking movie I've ever made. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, he passed away a couple years ago. Um, Yeah. But everybody in this movie is good. And, and I'll tell you some, who else is good is Melissa Leo, who basically I've got the hots for anyway. But she's wonderful in it. Um, yeah, that's the weird the, thing about Carl. He loves his sexy women. But if they can act, he loves them even more. <laughs> yeah. Sure, and they don't have to be gorgeous. Yeah. They don't have to be gorgeous at all. Um, the, 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 that particular movie is about a bunch of kids who, uh, see an ad for, uh, they want to get laid and they are, uh, taken in and kidnapped by this cult, this, uh, Christian cult and, and Michael Parks is the leader and it's just friggin' awesome. It's just awesome. Oh, we're forgetting who else kicks ass in Red State too. Oh, Okay. John Goodman. Oh, yeah. Goodman. There's another film that's going on down the decade that if it didn't have John Goodman, it wouldn't have been as good as it was. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to that when we get to it. And, you know, another one you didn't mention is Hugo. The Martin Scorsese film? Yeah. The bullshit comic book movie that was boring as shit unless you jack off over malaise. Well, you know what? Some, sometimes, you know, I don't want to do anything, so I'm in the malaise. It's malaise, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. the movie. It's okay. Yeah. I like the movie. Yeah. So, okay, Stephen, tell me your, your top ten. 
Well, before we get into the top ten, we're going to go through the notable deaths of this year because this one hurt hard. On January the 2nd, England got a lot less tougher, sadly. Pete Postlewaite died. If you're looking for the tough guy from the 90s and the 00s in British film, it's fucking Pete Postlewaite. What? He could just look at you and you shit your pants. True. And here is a director that me and Carl debate about, but I love his, I like most of his work, and so does Carl, and that's Peter Yates. Oh, yeah. I agree. He was one of those workman-like directors, but you can pretty much expect a good film from him. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. And And on January 16th, we have Juan Piquir Simon. Do you remember what his biggest film over here was? No. Pieces. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Well, you know, sometimes things are pieces of shit. I don't like that movie at all. Oh, fuck he's It's good. It's fun trash. I'm, and plus, that's one of the best lines. No, it's not even fun. I'm sorry. It's fun. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Callis died too. They didn't mention him on the Oscars. I don't know why. He's one of those faces I always knew. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, it's sad that, oh, in the 50s and 60s, we never had any tough girls in the 60s. We never had a girl that would take a man and treat him like a bitch and then fucking make him like it in the 60s, did we? Oh, please. On please. February the 4th, the, basically the queen and the prototype of the tough bitch died, and that would be Tura Sartana. Sartana. Oh. Love her. God. Watch Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. If you're a yeah. woman and want to be empowered, watch Fester Pussycat Kill Kill. And then take Tura Satana as your role model. <laughs> yep, and scare all the guys around you. What? Who died? I said, and scare all the guys around you. Yeah. Kenneth Mars die. Oh, this one fucking hurt badly. There's this DVD okay. of mine. It's one of the last projects that Something Weird Video did called That's Exploitation. It's a good movie, but I can't watch it because I know what? why they made it, and it breaks my heart, and I can't watch it without crying. Okay. It was made in 2011, and they knew that Dave Friedman was pretty close to the grave, so they wanted to get him on film one last time. Yep. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Oh, you don't understand how devastating it was when uh, he died. Oh, I I know. I understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
you can't talk about Southern drive-in exploitation, uh, the adult you can't talk film about industry in the period. 70s. What? You can't do it without David Friedman. You can't talk sexploitation at all without David Friedman. Yeah. Doesn't, he Southern, Northern, Western, Eastern doesn't fucking matter. Bab. He is the mm-hmm. his, He was the history. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. What's out of doubt? I mean, they always talk that shit about end of an era. This was an end of an era. Mm-hmm. And guess Agreed. what? Not a fucking what? mention at the Oscars. No, of course not. Dirty movies. Not going to mention him at the Oscars. You kidding? Yeah. And also on February 28th, died the first woman who was more famous for her tits and was sold for her tits more than anything. Jane Russell. Uh, Watching oh, yeah. Outlaw today, you would think, yeah, this is boring. But God, that thing was a scandal when it first came out, wasn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know who produced that movie, of course. Yeah. Who? Da, 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 da. Howard Hughes. And it was more promotion of the broad that he had especially made for. Yep. And when March 17th rolled around, more people. A lot. There was more people. There was a lot of people going, "Oh no, Batman!" Not me. I was like, "Oh no, Conga! Oh no, Murders at the Zoo! Oh no, Horrors of the Black Museum!" Yep. I am glad that Michael Gow got that fucking uh, love from the Tim Burton, well, from the Batman series, but. And there's There's always legend from Hell House, too. Legend of Hell House, too. Yeah. That's the film that he got pissed off because he was credited at the first of the movie. Yeah, and he said, don't credit me. I'm I'm just surprised. Yeah, he was supposed to be a surprise at the end of the fucking movie. But if you watch him at the fucking first credits... You're expecting, where's Michael Gow? <laughs> you want to see him in his most wackiest film, probably watch Horror Hospital, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. You'll get to see oh, him walk I've around in a fur pimp suit, cutting heads off with his car. <laughs> and how cool does he look in that fur pimp suit, man? It looks cool as fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And here's another one that we love that really wasn't acknowledged by the Oscar, and that's Farley fucking Granger. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. Good stuff. And here's one that hurt me a lot because the year before, or is it cut? No, it was a couple of years before when, uh, before the devil knows your dad came out, right? Right. And that would be Sidney Lumet died. Yeah, that one hurts you pretty bad. 
to say the least. Yeah, I know you're not a Lumat guy, not as much as me. And here's another one. That I'm early Lumat. I'm early Lumat. And and and, uh, and I, I do love Find Me Guilty too. But 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 yeah, he's a little, you know. But he's a great director. There's no way that I'm going to say he's not a great director. If you want to know about pre-70s Lumet, talk to Carl. If you want to know about post-70s and 70s Lumet, talk to me. Right. Either way, you ain't going to go wrong. No, not at all. And Michael Sarazen died in the 70s. He's another one of those guys that we loved in our exploitation films. Yep. Yep. Dolores do you know who she was? Okay, I I missed the last name. You tend to cut out a little Dolores bit on my phone. Fuller. Oh, uh, I know the name. I can't place. She was the first wife of Ed Wood and appeared in Glenn and Glenda. Ah, that's where I know. Okay. Yeah. And Jess Conaway died at 60. I know. That hurts. That hurts. Uh, particularly if you're a Babylon 5 fan, because most of that crew is now gone. This yeah. is a goddamn shame. And here's another one that kind of pissed me off that they didn't mention at the Oscars, and that's James Arnaz. Again, he's he's more considered TV than he is He's film, a fucking but... thing from another planet. <laughs> <laughs> Name me another film he was in. Other... Do I need and Don't to? say gun club. Okay. Do I need to? Really? <laughs> no, Do not I really. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> well Here's played. Here's another one that hurt us. Because, not because of his TV work, but because of his work with Cassavetes. Right? Go ahead. I, I think I know who. Yeah. A wedding. You're talking John he was Marley. was a wedding for Altman, wasn't he? Peter Falk? Oh, Falk. Uh, no. Okay, you're talking Peter Falk. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Man, oh well. Don't forget, he was—he's in uh, *Wings of Desire* with uh, Ben Benders, directed. Yeah, that's the problem with remaking it is that you cannot remake that film because Peter Falk is Peter fucking Falk. That's who he played in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you find out that Peter Falk was actually a, an angel, that he then became Peter Falk. <laughs> yeah. And here's one that hurt you. On July 8th, there's this line that you keep saying on your show. When I watched Home Alone, I wanted this one character to kill the little boy and the wet bandits, and that would be the end of the movie. And who would that be, Carl? That would be Robert Blossom. Blossom. It's sad that before, a little bit before he died, he accepted it, but his best role, he was really embarrassed about. Which he should not have been. And that's the range. Seriously. The best, and I underline that 40 fucking times, Ed Gein movie ever fucking made. Better than Psycho. 
if you want a real Ed Gein movie. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. This is what we'll watch at. Uh, G.D. Spradlin died at 90. All these, mm-hmm. it just amazes me who the fuck they ignore. It just pisses me off more than what they show. Right. Like Frank DeLeo died at 63. Mm-hmm. Wasn't mentioned. Nope. And here's another guy we love that he deserved to be on the Oscars. He was, yeah, he was mentioned, but he should have won an Oscar for fly, for fucking Charlie. That's Cliff Robertson. Don't you agree that he agreed won for that? God. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Don't forget, he he was a great president too. Yeah. You know what movie I'm referencing, right? What? Escape from L.A. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot. And on October 5th, we lost another Russ Meyer regular, the star of Harry, Cherry, and Raquel. He was the titular Harry. Oh, yeah. He was in Rambo, First Blood Part Two. What's the other ones he was in, Carl? Uh, he actually was in um, um, uh, uh, Silence of the Lamps. He had a small role in that. Uh, he was yeah. in a number of films. We're talking about Charles Napier, right? Yeah, Charles Napier. Yeah. He was good. Anytime you've seen his name in there, you're guaranteed a good performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, this one is dedicated to our friend of the show, Mark Scheffler. This one really got to me more than any of the other ones this year. Okay. In the 50s and there, he was a songwriter who wrote hits for Pat Boone. Uh, he wrote hits for Elvis. I mean, that freaked you out when I showed you that side of him, didn't it, Carl? After what yes, you just seen, you know, he acted in the movies. Mm-hmm. And even if his song still lives today, because even the Hateful Eight used the song of his, uh, Now You're All Alone from the Last House on the Last soundtrack. And that would be David Alexander Hess. One of your it's heroes. Sad. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, he was a great actor, great fucking singer. Damn. Mhm. And the fact that he could make Krug in Last House on the Left one of the most evil, despicable son of a bitches, and then make you feel sorry for him in the second half of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I was friends for him for about a year before he died on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. He's one of those guys that takes a while for him to warm up to you, but if he does, you got a friend for fucking life, and Mark would say that. Because he was yep. friends with him from like 1972 on from when he did Last House on the Left. They even palled around for maybe... Uh, roamed the world for about 10 years together. Nice. Nice. 
And the film you should watch is, as you probably haven't, is Hitchhike. That one's a mean, nasty film with, uh, damn it, Django himself, Franco Nero. Yeah, another one is is um, uh, The House on Dead End Street, too. No, The in, House right? at the Edge of the Park. House at the Edge of the Park. There's so many of them. There's, they're, they're yeah, by the park at yeah, the end of the so lane. Yeah, there were so many of them. Up the fucking mountain and down again. <laughs> oh, and it has one of my favorite movie goofs of all time, which is what? The House of the Park at the Edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look at the trailer, it says The House at the Park at the Edge. What? <laughs> <laughs> they, they parked the house at the edge. <laughs> and remember, you what said is- to me something about, what was it earlier? Name another film besides the thing that James Arness did. you like, yeah, okay, you yeah. fucking need to. And here's another one that died that you don't fucking need to, and that's Sue Lloyd. Yeah. She was only in one film, but what was that fucking film? What was that film, Stephen? Tell us. Lolita by Kubrick. Okay. Sue Lyon. Say it right, Sue Lyon. Not Leon. That's why I, I wasn't sure who you were talking well, it's about. L L O Y D, damn it. No, it's Lyon. It's L Y O N. Sue Lyon was in Lolita. Well, what was Sue Lloyd in, damn it? I don't know. I'll go check. Bad, never mind. Well, after we get through this, uh, let's see. John Neville died. Oh, John Neville. Oh. Uh, in a number of films, but the one you uh, would know him is The Adventures of Bar- uh, Baron Munchausen. Pretty ladies. <laughs> yeah. And here's another director that wasn't even mentioned, Vittorio De Sita. Oh, which I, I can't believe that. Seriously. Well, the other one that's right above him that died on the 27th, they didn't mention, which pissed me off. I mean, how many people did this guy piss off with the uh, whore? Crimes oh. of passion. Altered mm-hmm. states. Yep. Lithuania. Tommy. <laughs> and then there's his masterpiece where I showed one of my ex-girlfriends that movie, and she looked at me and said, I want to see more like this. And I looked at her with a sad look in my eyes, like, there is nothing like this. And that will be 1972's The Devils. God, the word got a lot sadder when Uncle Ken died. What didn't it? Okay, by the way, uh, backtracking, Sue Lloyd. Okay, Ipris uh, file, uh, corruption. Where's Jack? Oh God, corruption. Okay, Percy. Ah! Fucking Percy, and Innocent Bystanders was a great film. So that's yeah. who Sue Lloyd is. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Ken Russell. If there's a reason why Generation X and Generation Jones are so fucked up today, 
part of this got to be blamed on Ken Russell. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you're right. You did mention older states, right? Too? Yeah, older states. Mention- and then he did one movie that basically the title translates into Pussy. <laughs> you know what the movie I'm talking about? You're talking about horror? No, it translates. If you take the whole term, it translates into pussy, and that's the lair of the white worm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can you not love a horror film that has Amanda Donahue with a strap on? <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm looking at that. I'm like saying, take me now, please. I'm okay with this. And what's his name? He's wearing a kilt in this. It's one of his first films that you love so much. Uh, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, Capaldi is fucking brilliant in this. Fucking badass with fucking grenades of the kilt. <laughs> and may I just mention, as far as Ken Russell, uh-huh. the last thing he ever did uh-huh. was a short film. That was included in the compilation called Trapped Ashes. Which is just pure, unmitigated Ken Russell. <laughs> you know, basically about vampiric uh, implant breasts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ken just, Russell's yeah. One, a unique person in unique films. People either love him and, or hate him. The other thing, too, I do want to mention, you know, we think of him as this guy that was really off the wall and, and, and so but he did a number of films for the BBC that were biographies of composers which are just magnificent magnificent films yeah so, oh he loved his artist films like I've got one of his most obscure posters for one of his most obscure ones hanging on my wall yeah Savage Messiah I, uh, yeah he loved his artists, and he would did them reverence. And who else did D.H. Lawrence as good as him with the rainbow and, well, we definitely got to talk about women in love. It's one of the oh, best yeah. homosexual love scenes in a film. That's not a homosexual love scene. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> yeah. Great film. With Great the best film. direction ever, uh... Oliver Reed and Alan Bates went to uh, Ken and said, what do we do with this scene? And he just looked at him and said, go for it. Ah. (laughs) And here's one that really hurt us. Well, us both. And that would be the best fucking Merlin ever on film. And just great in whatever the fuck he was in. He was supposed to be James Bond, but he said, no. Am I right? No. Yep. And that would be yep. Nicole Williamson. God damn. Well, well, there's a number of films. Uh, of course, you know, uh, Excalibur. Uh, but, but also, let's not forget Return to Oz. He was the Gnome King. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lesser-known films is a film called The Wilby Conspiracy, where he's up against Sidney Poitier in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, just a great actor, man. 
You know he Nicole was Cronenberg's uh, first pick for scanners, but he was I know. Uh, too busy doing Excalibur to do it. I would rather have seen him, and I like Patrick McGowan, I would rather have seen Nicole Williamson in that role. Right. Hell, you can yep. even tell that McGowan is there, but he has one of the greatest exit lines ever in a film, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yep. Let me finish up there. And that's that, the end of it. But my favorite, well, it's uh, Drive Angry, The Raid, Killer Joe. That's probably why I could just off the top of my head. What what would be your favorite? Well, I'll go from five to one, okay? I'll go five to one. Rango, five. Uh, four would be Hannah. Three would be the guard. Two would be Tree of Life, and number one would be Drive Angry. Take out the Tree of I Life and can't... put in the raid, or I'll kill you. <laughs> well, kill me later. I know that. See. <laughs> no, that's killing him softly. That's that's for another year. <laughs> that they did not know how to fucking distribute. And it was a very sad year, too, because this and the next year had two of the biggest deaths that hurt us in the drive-in industry. Well, three years that yeah. hurt us in the drive-in exploitation. Yep. And you'll hear about the next and, two next year. Yeah. And... This is it for us until Thanksgiving, because we will be playing on Thanksgiving. Well, I've already got scheduled. I'm going with Gore Fields to watch a filthy Gore film, and it's Blood Rage. Louise Lasser in a slasher. Oh, that, that's cool. Thanksgiving slasher. Mm-hmm. And me and Carl will, and this is going to be the headlight of Thanksgiving, be watching Gotti. Good God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kathleen, I'm afraid, okay? <laughs> be afraid. Yep, we're going to be doing it. But we don't know what we'll be doing next Sunday. We'll probably be taking off, but either way, enjoy the holiday week. Stop fighting. Who gives a fuck if you're Democrat, Republican, Boomer, uh, Millennial? This is about family. This week is about family and just shutting the fuck up and enjoying the food and the company. Absolutely. And have some turkey, okay? Yeah. And no one die this week. Please. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And All right. thank you for being on and good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, Stephen. Good you night. Too, bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.